1: this week about Codsworth? Uh, yeah, that's the plan, Buddy Bot. Why, why do you ask? Well,
0: you know, I mean, Codsworth is kind of a dummy. I mean, he's like a real dummy.
1: A real, a real dummy? You think he's a real dummy? Why, Codsworth is great. He's like... Your companion. He, you know, he, he was with you from the beginning. He sticks around. He doesn't go anywhere. He, you know, he's just... He's always there for you. He's, I mean, he waits for you for like 200 years.
0: Yeah, but he... He he doesn't really... You know... He, he has problems.
1: What do you mean? What do you mean he has problems?
0: Like... He just pretends that nothing happened for the last 200 years. That can't be healthy for you. That doesn't work. You can't pretend that nothing happened for 200 years and expect it not to mess your brain up.
1: All right, Buddy Pot. You might have a point there. Let's, let's dig into this a little bit. <laughs> So on this show, I like to do topics, especially when it comes to companions, that have something to do with human psychology. And what we're talking about here is a companion that's not a human, but may as well be, because Codsworth takes on some very human characteristics. And maybe that's just the way he was programmed, or maybe after 200 years of tending to a home where nobody lives anymore and thinking that the world hasn't really ended kind of got to him. Maybe broke his programming, maybe created a certain amount of, I don't know, human-like psychological issues. Now let's let's get in from the beginning. I want to make sure that everybody knows, who hasn't played Fallout 4, that Codsworth is a Mr. Handy. He is your Mr. Handy companion. You meet him at the very beginning of the game. He's helping you take care of the house. He's helping you with baby Sean in your home the day that the bombs go off before they go off. He's your butler. He's your your good buddy. He's your friend who talks with a fancy British accent. And, you know helps you get along with things. He, I, I get the sense that he takes care of a lot of the household stuff. He even trims the bushes in the yard and takes care of the outside of the home because that's where you come across him. Usually when you run into him in the game and he's shocked that you're still alive. But most of you guys know all of this. Now, this might end up being a shorter episode. Because I wanted to cover Codsworth, and there isn't a ton to talk about, but the one bit that I really found, that I really found interesting, and that connects to human psychology, is this idea here. And it's noted in the fandom.com wiki. There's a paragraph that says, "'At first, Codsworth seems cheerful and oblivious to what has happened.' During the first 10 years of the war, Codsworth tried to keep himself busy by doing futile housework, you know, things like uh, keeping the nuclear fallout tainted floors waxed and dusting a collapsed house and polishing a rusted car. However, talking to him further reveals that he is actually very depressed about the state of the world and was deeply affected by two centuries long isolation. To cope, he pretended that nothing happened. At some point after the bombs fell, Codsworth visited the town of Concord, mentioning that the locals only pummeled him with sticks a few times and shot at him on a few occasions before he retreated back to sanctuary. So, this is the part that I find very interesting here, and I've noted On previous episodes about abuse, um, characters having to deal with conflicts, uh, falling to the depths of situations to to hit that rock bottom place and come back from that. And in those kinds of situations, the characters are self-aware, self-aware enough, or they become self-aware enough to be able to note exactly what the problem is. Kate can tell you, this is what happened to me. This is how I tried to deal with it, and this is what I'm going to do now. If you, think about, if you think about Hancock, he reached rock bottom, but he understood where he was and what he needed to do to come back from that. I think even more dangerous is this idea of self-delusion. It's one thing to cope, to actively cope with using substances or doing things very specifically, lashing out to people. And in a lot of those instances, if you ask the individual why they're doing that, in a moment of awareness, they can tell you. They know deep down. Disillusionment can be different. It's one thing to lie to other people. It's another thing to lie to yourself and then to begin to believe your own lies. And I'm not saying that Codsworth here, the the robot butler, is completely disillusioned. I don't think that he shows the full sense, uh, the full series of psychological uh, issues that come about from this but he's definitely depressed. He's definitely having issues. And the fact that you come back and bring him hope is a very positive thing. But let's talk about actual human beings. This idea that you can lie to yourself and then believe the lie and then forget that that's not reality is extremely dangerous, extremely, extremely dangerous one of the topics that has been I guess in the news for the last <clears throat> 2 years is this idea of narcissism and the roots of narcissism. And I am no psychologist, I just dabble in these things. But let me state that I have had very specific interactions with narcissists in my life, narcissists in places of power. And one of the things that I found so Interesting and frustrating about having to deal with narcissists is their continual ability to shape the world around them. You see, a narcissist always wants to believe that they are not at fault. That if anything goes wrong, anything goes counter to the way they think it should, then that's because of someone else. You've probably played a game on the internet before where something starts going wrong in like a team game. And all of a sudden people just start blaming each other, right? There's a natural human want to be like, well, I didn't mess up. You messed up. And then the other people in the room are like, no, you're the kind of the one that messed up, but you just don't notice it because you're not, you don't want to take the blame for it. It's kind of like that turned up to 11. A narcissist is so in denial, is so oblivious to the way the world actually is because it doesn't match the template that they have in their brain for who they are. And because it doesn't match, they rewrite it. They tell themselves that the world is different than it actually is. Now, that's an extreme. That can happen with narcissism. But there's another issue that comes with, um, and I'm going to be very careful here, this idea of wanting the world to be different than it is simply because of your hope or because of your beliefs. Simply put, just because you believe something, just because you want something to be true, doesn't mean that it's true. And there's this disconnect that occurs with Taking on beliefs that have no actual bearing in, in reality and the disconnect between your perception of reality and what the world is actually telling you. And the longer you hold on to beliefs that don't actually match what the world is telling you, the stranger and the stranger those beliefs become. It's, a, it's the equivalent of telling a lie. In fact, it's exactly the same thing as telling a lie. Think of it as the story of like, you know, like you're a kid and you steal a piece of candy from the store and your parents say, well, where did you get the candy? So you make up a lie. Oh, uh, Sally gave it to me. And then you're over at Sally's place and your parents call on the phone and they say, oh, that was so nice of Sally to share the candy with you. And they say that to Sally's parents. And then the parents look at you and they say, your your mom said sally's sally shared candy with you but we don't have any candy over here where did you get the candy and then the lie gets deeper and deeper and deeper and then you bring sally into it and you're like well sally found some at school and she handed me some it wasn't because you guys had it at the house and then the lie gets deeper and deeper and deeper and the deeper that gets the more contrived and the more conflicted it becomes with reality now, from my own personal perspective, and you are be, feel, be completely okay with disagreeing with me on this because everybody has their own perspective on these things. And I'll remind you, I studied uh, religion and philosophy in college. These are things that I have dabbled in for a very long period of time. But this is why beliefs that are not based in the way reality presents itself become stranger and stranger over time. This is why theologies around certain types of world beliefs become more complex and convoluted over time. Over longer periods of time, and this is kind of a process that happens, uh, you you have some sort of uh, religious figure or philosopher who finds some sort of deeper truth about reality, who says something very profound. Something like, most of you don't realize this, but if A, then B and everyone goes, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And then over time they pick at that and it becomes more and more complex. And eventually if a, then 17 Q's (laughs) and it doesn't make sense anymore. It becomes this thing that is no longer the origin of the thing. It is completely different because it's based on what a lot of people's hopes and a lot of people's beliefs have said about something that isn't necessarily grounded in objective truth. It is based around a very specific instance of a very specific perspective on a very specific thing. And I hope that this wasn't too vague, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to be as specific as I can without pointing out any, any specific groups of people or ideologies or anything like that. I just want to keep this focused on this idea of, uh, lying to yourself and how dangerous that is and how that works in lots of different ways across our reality. And don't worry, we'll get back to Codsworth. I'm gonna I'm gonna dig more into Codsworth, but I really wanted to dive into this idea because I find it very interesting and it's very profound and it's something that we almost never discuss in society. So, for example, the idea of false hope. That's the same kind of thing. False hope is lying to yourself. False hope is the belief. That something will happen, or the, the and it, it starts out as a hope, but it really becomes a belief that something will happen, something good will happen if only this other thing occurs. So, in Codsworth's situation, he pretends that nothing happened, that the world didn't end. And in my example here, false hope, that's a false hope. The false hope that, like, everything's going to be fine, that nothing really went wrong, the world is still okay. That kind of false hope, that kind of lying to yourself, only leads to personal damage. It only leads to running face square right into the wall of reality at some point. And for Codsworth, that was when he visited Concord. And the locals attacked him. In the previous world, Codsworth would have visited Concord before the bombs dropped, and he would have seen the locals, everyone would have been going about their day, he may have picked up some groceries, said hello to the neighbors, and then headed on home. But the world has this way of smacking you in the face with reality. And you either have the choice to say... That's reality. Okay, I get it now. Or to continue denying it, which only leads to you hurting yourself even more and the people around you. And I know that this is a very deep topic, so I'm going to kind of take it somewhere else from this point on. But I wanted to get that out there because this is the main human issue that Codsworth is dealing with. And ironically, it is a major issue, and almost all of us deal with this. This isn't depression. A a significant portion of the population deals with depression. And a lot of people get depression at some point in their lives, and they have to deal with it. But it's not something everybody goes through. It's not addiction. Again, a significant part of the population deals with addiction, but it's not something everybody deals with. Everybody, in my opinion, on some level, deals with lying to themselves. And it's dangerous. So I just wanted to put that out there. All right, we're going to take a quick housekeeping break, and then I will be back with more actual fun details about Codsworth. This show's not going to be this dark and deep for the rest of the episode. So I'll see you guys on the other side.
0: If you have any questions about Nuka World, I'd be delighted to answer them.
1: Hello there, old chap. Good to see another of General Atomic's finest still eager to serve. All right, some quick housekeeping stuff. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode last week with our patron guests. We already, this is amazing, have two new tier four patrons who have signed up. And you know what? I'm going to call them out. I was going to wait till the end of the month, but uh, Soybean and I hope I say this name right, Shitty It. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for signing up for tier four. Man, the end of this month's episode is going to be so fun with so many people. It's going to be great. So thank you. the <laughs> to both of you for signing up on the Patreon and supporting the show. And I am i promise I'm not going to call anybody else out until the end of the month episode. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Everyone check out patreon.com slash falloutlorecast for places to sign up and help support the show and potentially get on the episode at the end of the month. And if you have any ratings or reviews to leave on Apple Podcasts, those will get read out at the end of the month as well. So go do that. And if you're listening somewhere else and want to just drop a review, I may not be able to find it, but I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for all of the awesome support this year. We are coming up on almost an entire year. We're about a month and a week away from when I launched this show in January of last year. And it has been an amazing year. You guys have responded in ways that I never, never expected. And I really appreciate it. I have a bunch of new friends on our Discord channel that I say hi to every day. Um, I have friends to talk with about Fallout stuff whenever I want to. You guys are freaking amazing. That's that's just that's just all there is to it. So um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've got some new plans coming for this new year with Robots Radio Network stuff and other things going on. So I hope you guys keep plugging into the network and keep plugging into the things that I'm doing with the live streams, twitch.tv slash robots radio and the other stuff that's that's happening because I'm trying to create the best and the most interesting and fun content for the kinds of people who I know are into this kind of stuff just like I am. So uh, I hope you guys stay plugged in with all of that. All right. Back to some Codsworth stuff. So I got through all the deep stuff. You guys, you guys are mostly familiar with Codsworth. You're mostly familiar with Mr. Handy's. You know, he's got three eyes. He's got the little flamethrower and the little buzzsaw and and you know that stuff on his on his little kit. Um, he tends to be a sympathetic individual. He likes when you do good things and doesn't like when you're mean to people. He's generally kind of your conscious conscience uh, who kind of floats around with you regularly. Um, but there are some things that I really wanted to note that you may or may not be aware of. So I just got done talking about how he's basically lying to himself the whole time. But what's interesting is. Because of your interactions with him. And something that's going on with, I guess, his programming. Um, He is one of the only robots from the Mr. Handy line across the entire Fallout franchise in all of the games that will actually acknowledge that the Great War has even occurred. Almost everybody else is oblivious to it, at least from the Mr. Handy uh, robot line. Also, and this is interesting, if you look in the house codsworth's box this is one of the things you might notice before the bombs drop at the very beginning of the game is in the uh the closet and after the bombs drop it actually survives you can see the box that codsworth uh, came in that they unpacked him from so that's kind of neat one of the weird um Game issues with Codsworth is because of his arms, there are some kinds of doorways and uh, gate openings that he actually has a hard time fitting through and won't fit through correctly. Also, and this might be something that you never noticed, you can equip Codsworth with a bowler hat or the Triggerman bowler, the variant of that, uh, for him to wear on his head. It's one of the only things that he can actually wear. Although it doesn't give you the plus one endurance bonus that it would give to uh, somebody else, like a human character. Now, also, sadly enough, Codsworth is one of two companions that can actually die if the player depletes his health, even if you have a full relationship with him. So you can actually fully destroy and kill Codsworth, which is pretty dark because Codsworth is a
0: nice, nice robot buddy. Who would want to do that?
1: Now, one of the other things that I really liked about Codsworth was when you got the uh, Mechanist. The Mechanist, was that it? The uh, DLC expansion? Because you can upgrade and change the way he looks very significantly. uh, Oh, it was was called uh, Automatron. That's what it was with the Mechanist. The Mechanist was the the villain. Um, But you can... You can mess with his body. You can change his attachments. You can you can make him look very very different, but he still maintains the same personality, and uh, will say the same kinds of things, which is kind of ridiculous because you can turn him into this gigantic war machine looking robot, and then he still you know doesn't like it when you you know burn a corpse or <laughs> do terrible things like that, even though he looks like he's you know built for war and was patched together by uh, raiders. Now, strangely enough. If you do put him in the workbench, then he can no longer wear the bowler hat, which is another weird quirk about it. But I guess you uh, functionally, for the way the game works, turn him into a regular robot, at least from the way the game understands him. So that means that means that he can't wear the bowler hat anymore, which is kind of this weird delineation. Now, one of the. Other things that I wanted to bring up at the very end of the episode is the fact that in these games, and this might be something you remember from all the hullabaloo for when this game came out. Man, hullabaloo, that's a good word. Codsworth can say your name. So at the beginning of the game, when you put your name in, the game contains like 900 different names that Codsworth can say. So instead of saying, hello, sir, he can say, let's say your name's Dave. Hello, Dave. And it's kind of weird. It's kind of creepy, but it was a cool addition into the game. Now, there are some secret words that he can also say that ended up in this name database. And some of them are uh, mature sounding. So, you know, earmuffs, if the kids are listening, earmuffs, earmuff time. All right. So I'm going to read through these because some of them are really, really cool. And they're alphabetical. Um, So Codsworth will say your name if your name is Bethesda, Codsworth, which is really funny. Hello, Codsworth. I am Codsworth. Uh, Dad, he will call you Dad. Derek, <laughs> which is awesome because it's spelled like my character that I made for Fallout 76. D-E-R-E-K, which is hilarious, which means I need to make Derek happen in Fallout 4 at some point as well. Doom uh Dragonborn, but not Dovakin. He doesn't say Dovakin, but he will say Dragonborn. Fallout. Fallout 3, Fallout 4, and Fallout 5, which is kind of cool. Uh, Fish Lips Malone. Two words, Fish Lips Malone is actually in there. And this is where it gets a little uh, a little uh, not safe for work. Uh, fuck. <laughs> fuck Face. Fuck Four Brains with dashes. Fuck Stapler. What? Foos <laughs> da. But it doesn't actually give him uh, powers to shout, which would be crazy. Uh, Gord. Gordo. Good luck out there, Gordon. Interesting. Gru. G-R-U-E. Herobrine. Yanir, which is another shout from uh, uh, Skyrim. Null. You can actually name him Null. Or name yourself Null. Shepard which is interesting. I wonder if that's like Commander Shepard. I don't know. Skuma from uh, the Elder Scrolls, the, uh, the drug that you can, you can take that the Khajiit make. Squid Lips Malone. Mm, another fish lips, squid lips. Uh, swit, S-apostrophe W-I-T. Now, I don't know what this is a reference to, but if you wrote Filthy Swit, then he still will call you Swit. Also, Todd Howard, ZeniMax, and Zork. Like the old game Zork, which is pretty cool. I thought that was super, super great. Um, I the strangest one in here is fuck stapler. I don't know why fuck stapler is in here. Was did somebody just sneak this in uh, Bethesda friends. If you if you are somebody who works at Bethesda and you were involved with uh, programming Codsworth and the things that he says, please let me know why is fuck stapler in here? Because I get most of them, but fuck stapler. that doesn't even make any sense all right guys that's it for this episode if you've got any more cool info on codsworth i didn't find a ton but uh you know i'm sure there are other things that happen in the game and things that he says when you do certain things but most of you guys have experienced a lot of that stuff uh but if there's anything really notable uh feel free to write me you guys know where to get a hold of me there's links in the show notes for twitter and for our discord channel and for all sorts of other places that you can be involved. And as I mentioned earlier on the show, I'm trying to stream as often as I can at twitch.tv slash robots radio. I would love for you to just come hang out with me and let's talk fallout stuff. Mostly evenings after 9.30ish Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. But um, hopefully more chances to do that during the days and on weekends as time uh, progresses. So I will see you guys next week. And until then... Try not to lie to yourself. Let's just just let reality be reality, even if it's depressing, because then we can actually, you know, make improvements on it. So cheers to that. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on twitter at falloutlorecast and if you'd like to support the show tell a friend or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com falloutlorecast i really appreciate you listening and i'd love to hear from you soon